something I learned is probably taking care of yourself and doing the one percenters into that fitness industry and helping others out with training and things like that. Not letting my parents down. What are you quitting for? I said, I've got blisters. She goes, you're going to quit over these little blisters. Welcome to the One Percent series. I'll be chatting with a bunch of successful individuals within their own industries to gain some insight into what makes them tick, what makes them the 1%, and I guess what they implement every day to ensure they're living a lifestyle that makes them 1% better every day. Benny Seymour, welcome to the 1%, mate. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'll Siri just ch- chimed in there for a second. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Just chugging along. Injured life. Yeah, run me through it. I know we've had a chat about it, but um, you know, how, tell everyone the diagnosis essentially and what what the path to recovery looks like. Um, yeah, well, I thought I just had a bit of a bit of a lower back injury. Uh, pretty sore. Didn't have too much feeling down um, one of my legs. Um, so when he got an MRI, uh, bulging disc was sort of. Uh, the term thrown around and then went and saw a sports doc. He's like, oh, I don't know if I can make this decision um, if it was just an injection, a cortisone injection. So then went and saw a surgeon and he's like, you've come for my opinion, my opinion, surgery. Um, and how, and like, when, um, when you said you had, like, you had pain, can you remember, like, a time exactly, like, when you were training or something? No. Or, that, it, well, or the, build up? It was, yeah, it was a slow build up. Um, probably over like a month. Um, I was going pretty hard at the start of this year, training for a few things. Um, but the one time that I felt it completely go, I was actually asleep. Um, and it was kind of in the middle of the night and I was rolling around in my bed screaming and I came to my girlfriend's like, what are you up to? Um, and I was like, I don't know, but I can't feel my legs. Um, and so that started getting a bit weird. And then I, yeah, I couldn't sleep that night tried to go to work in the morning um nearly passed out in the shower so just from pain and then had to sit or lie down flat for three days um with like heat packs on and ice and heat packs and ice and all that kind of stuff um, i just wasn't allowed to move so then that's when i first felt it like really go um then i tried obviously to heal it naturally just let it heal take some time off and all that kind of stuff um and then yeah, that's when I went and saw a surgeon and got his opinion and he booked me in like three days later. And um, the procedure that has been done? So it's called a disc, discectomy. Um, had to pull. <laughs> I mean, you probably, you probably re- absolutely bastard that then. <laughs> yeah. Um, here you go. Yeah, so you've got obviously your discs in between your vertebrae um, and my L4, L5 which is supposed to look like a disc, look like a chicken wing, like an iron chicken wing. It's just completely um, fragmented all through my um, spinal canal, um, like around my spinal cord and nerves. So it was pretty, pretty hectic. It was like an hour and a bit procedure um, that he went through. And he seems to think that it went all right. Um, from there, I was in hospital for like four, day, four nights, I think um and then home and three weeks of no sitting down three weeks of yeah either lying down flat or standing up um and then so that was pretty tough to be honest 
I uh, couldn't, couldn't do anything. I couldn't pick anything up off the floor. Um, yeah, and couldn't, yeah, just couldn't move at all, really. There's a fair bit of pain. Um, so then three weeks after that, now I can finally sit down um, and eat some meals and things like that. Um, but yeah, still can't lift a thing. And I go back and see the surgeon next week to hopefully get the all clear and start rehab. Yeah, I know. Like, it seems, do you reckon um, the injury had, had come from, like, was it more genetic or do you reckon it's some of the training, like, your sort of habits maybe over the years or maybe even in the past? Like, can you, do you reckon you could narrow it down to, like, one thing or do you think it's just unlucky or? Um, he said it was, like, just a degenerative disc issue. Um, obviously, years of training, I think I've been... I mean, you're doing kind of weights and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like you got a pretty like, bit of a weapon. <laughs> Done some, uh, probably some silly, silly things. Some lifting, you know, heavy and trying to run long distances and all that kind of stuff. Um, probably doesn't help. Um, but yeah, there was nothing that really let it go. Um, I mean, I didn't stretch a lot, but it's not like a muscular mm. injury. No, I've, um, I mean nowhere near as bad as you but when I was when I was younger I had I think I told you I had had some stress fractures in L4 um, L5 that sort of same spot and um, the way I was sort of told was it was a combination of things that sort of led to it like a bit of a build-up like sort of like we said but at the end of the day I was training like a bit of a dickhead <laughs> like I yeah. didn't really didn't really know what I was doing and then on top of that playing sport as well so I think and obviously going pretty hard, like not knowing when to sort of pull the rain, the reins back. Um, it's funny. I reckon every time you get injured, you become more aware of your body, like, and you become smarter. Like I, yeah, even though, absolutely. even though you're going through a really tough time now, and I know it's like, like moving is like part of your identity. It'd be doing your head in. Um, but it, it'll probably make you appreciate your health a bit more once you get it back. Like, um, cause I reckon you take it for granted a little bit sometimes. Um, and how Absolutely. like let's let's talk, let's talk rugby. Obviously, you play a bit of rugby. Um, do you reckon like what was your training like then? Like obviously pretty intense. Yeah. Um, well, I started seriously training when I was about fifteen at school. That's when they started putting us through like um, proper strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, lucky enough to get uh, into a professional environment um, just after finishing school. And, and how then, many years did you play? Oh, when did I? I think I played about eight years um, professionally, both in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and then I was lucky enough to play in France and Italy, which was cool. Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, like you would have learned a lot about, like you said, being in a professional environment and whatnot. Then what do you reckon your biggest takeaways were from that, I guess, that period of, of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess being in the team environment is something that I missed when I finished because, you know, you've got people to push you um, or, you know, pull you up when you're down and all that kind of stuff. But something I learned is probably taking care of yourself and doing the 1% that you can do yourself adds, you know, a lot of value um, to the team when there's a lot of other people doing that as well. So, um, you know, looking after yourself and then putting the team first. Team player, Benny. <laughs> Try to be. <laughs> did you did you play like a team player or were you were you a bit of a sneak? <laughs> nah, I was uh, I was always the smallest on 
field and I was playing um, fly half. So I was sort of directing the team around, but obviously trying to keep the big boys on my side and staying away from the opposition big boys. <laughs> Does, um, I know like, I mean, like a, a few people like yourself and um, what's that transition like coming out of elite sport because like you hear a lot of people like sort of struggle with that transition i mean you go from hanging out with your best mates doing this basically playing footy like for work like it's it's pretty good lifestyle did you find the transition quite quite hard or was it seamless or no yeah i did find it quite hard um obviously a team environment every day um you know it is a pretty good life you get pretty much told what you're going to do every single day of the week um from you know your diary pages and all that kind of stuff when you're training is what you got to eat everything um and then you know once a week you get that massive high you get to go out and play with your mates um you know against an opposition and probably in, a, in front of a fair few people so um that kind of adrenaline um was cool and then when you leave you've got literally no plans what to do on the each day you know <laughs> Um, you're like, what am I going to do today? I've got nothing on. Um, and then, you know, each week you kind of miss that that feeling of going into battle, or, you know, with your teammates, etc. So, um, you know, it's something that they drill into you when you're playing and, and stuff, you know, get that education or figure out what you're going to do after rugby. But when you're in there, it's, you know, you think it's never going to end. So you, I didn't think about it a lot. Um, but I guess I was kind of lucky to fall on my feet in the fitness industry. Yeah, is that was that a like obviously it, for most? I mean, it's a pretty natural transition. But is that something that you knew you wanted to do, or was there a period of time where you were a bit lost? Yeah, a period of time I was definitely a bit lost. Um, <laughs> when I came back, came back from Italy, uh, I started working for my old man who does a bit of construction and uh, remediation work, and he put me in the subfloors of these houses dealing with mold issues and stuff like that. And I uh, quickly found out that was definitely something I was not keen to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Crawling under there and dirt and spiders everywhere. And oh, nah, no good. Oh, a bit of character building. <laughs> yeah, well, that made me, it probably made me a bit tougher. Welcome but I mean, yeah, when, when, yeah, when I was playing, you know, I loved, I loved the training element, loved trying to be the fittest in the team and, and make, you know, crit critical decisions under pressure and things like that. So, for yeah, looking back, coming into that fitness industry and helping others out with training and things like that and, and, and a bit of business and stuff was uh, definitely seems like I'm um, where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. No, it's, you know, mate, you're obviously in a good place at the moment. What do you reckon, um, what do you reckon the hardest sort of, I know I'll, I'll touch on some of the, I guess, the physical sort of fates that you've done those crazy endurance stuff before we get there though what do you reckon i mean this might be one of them, the hardest sort of like pre-season or even just like physical event that you've done um it sticks out in your mind oh a couple of those pre-seasons in france were uh pretty brutal um they're a little bit a little bit backwards in their kind of training and and um their philosophies and stuff we were doing like you know four to six hour sessions twice a day you know trying to toughen us up and all that old kind school. of stuff we're just yeah very very old school and you just you're going nowhere and your decisions are getting worse your skills are getting worse and you just you're probably getting worse as a player as the time goes on they were probably some of and you can't speak the language so that makes it tougher 
Um, but yeah, that was probably some of the tough days. We had a good, <laughs> our fourth pre-season, they made us go to the army barracks and climb up sand dunes with no legs. We had to crawl up them. Um, and like, it was just hours on hours on hours and no exaggeration. We wouldn't have even moved five meters. They were that steep. And as you took one, one hand forward, you just fall back down next hand. And it's just a mental thing. So. And you loved every um, that you psycho, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> I don't really get those pre-seasons. I mean, then, you know, I went to New Zealand and our pre-season was probably like four to five weeks and the ball was in the hand the whole time. You're doing skills. You're getting fit, but you're also getting, um, you know, your skills are getting better and better. Um, so I found, mm. I, I don't know, it's hard to say because New Zealand's going so well at rugby and things like that and have done for so long. It's probably definitely something that, other teams can take from that. Yeah, I mean, well, even if you could link it back to any style, like form of training, I mean, even what you do, you know, on a daily basis in terms of coaching, like, like the said principle, specific adaptations to impose demands, you're going to get better at what you practice most. So if you're going to practice with the ball in your hand, you're going to get better at rugby. If you're going to practice crawling up sand dunes, you're only going to get better at crawling up sand dunes sort of thing. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. I reckon that, yeah, that's like some of the most successful athletes and teams now are just stripping it right back to basics, like, um, and training what they're going to obviously implement on game day. Now, talk to me about um, how you fell into some of this. I mean, some, what was your first ultra endurance event? Um, my first ultra was a 50k run in. Um, called the Motor Tapu down in Queenstown in New Zealand. Um, I'd never run a marathon before. <laughs> and I thought it, for some reason it'd be a good idea to go and do this. And it was a trail run. And, oh, it was, um, yeah, it wasn't great. So you've gone from never running a marathon to trying to doing a double, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did that. Um, but I cramped up after about 15Ks. Um, so the next 35 were pretty rough and I was just cramping the whole way and trying to, oh yeah, I was just trying to get through it. And you've obviously done a few more since then. It's like on different styles as well. And what, what was the motivating factor behind those? Just because you'd found yourself a new challenge? Yeah, I think so. Um, as I said before, like being in that team environment, it's really easy to sort of, you know, you've got people around you to pull you up when you're down and, you know, push you along and carry you and things like that. But when you don't have those team members around you and you're out there by yourself, um, you've got to find something that makes yourself tick. So I really enjoyed that kind of challenge. Um, so, but the first, yeah, the first tough one that I really did was that uh, a one in Chile. It was a 250K um, ultra marathon where you're self-supported or self-sufficient um, for six stages over seven days which means that you got to carry everything that you need, food. Um, they'd refill your water, obviously, and they'd carry a big tent that about 10 of you slept in. So everything else from your clothes, your sleeping mat, sleeping bag, medical equipment, all that kind of stuff you had to carry on your back. Hey, that's insane. Did you, in terms of, like, how long did that event take? So you've got, yeah, six stages, seven days. It's you know, the first two days are about 35 each and then did a couple of longer ones, which are about 45 and 50. And there was a big 80K day. Um, and then there was a smaller one just to finish. 
sounds like that, pure yeah. hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the 80K over two days for some people. Um, or, they, you know, they allow you two days to do it. Um, but if you finish, we finished in about 12 hours and then we had the whole next day to sort of rest and recover, which when you've only got 13 or 14 Ks to go the day after, you just want to get it done. But um, sitting out in the in the desert, you had a kind of desert sweating your balls off. It's not fun. Did um, a lot of people say that when they do that style, I mean, I've never done anything um, <laughs> like that before but they say you learn a lot about yourself when you do something like that like have you have you learned i guess more about yourself doing stuff like that yeah yeah you definitely do i mean i didn't try my shoes on before i went over there and put them on about two days out from the the run i was like oh you know i'll go and go and do a run in them and i was like geez you feel a bit tight um and then so day one i had the worst blisters i've ever had and then day two, I was like, look, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get through the first 10Ks. Um, my feet are gonna be that bad, and then I'm just gonna call it quits. And I got to this checkpoint, and this nurse, um, this American uh, nurse lady was looking after us, or maybe she was a doctor. And anyway, she's like, How are you going, Benny? I'm like, I'm done, I'm quitting. She's like, What are you quitting for? I said, I've got blisters. She goes, You're gonna quit over these little blisters. And literally called me a little pussy, and I was like, Oh, fuck, here we go. So I had to get these scissors out and cut my shoes open. So my feet were hanging out in front of them and and uh, I could actually, you know, try and run um, a few painkillers and then went on my way. Um, and I just, oh, I could not stop thinking about quitting. And then I was just like, you know what, toughen up, brother. This is nothing compared to what other people go through. So you're going to finish this. You come all this way, I'd raise some money for charity and stuff. And there's no way I could go home without finishing it. So, I mean, it's interesting because... Um... I read a bit about Ross Edgeley, um, who for people that don't know, um, he swam around Great Britain. I think it yeah. took him like, I think it took him like six months or something like that. But, yeah, I think um, he did like 100, 160 odd days consecutively. Yeah, which is insane in based ice cold water. And I think one of the things that he touched on, because you got to ask yourself what crazy person was, <laughs> want to do anything like that but he he says that he draws from like he need to have a higher power to be able to like draw from and you obviously touched on the fact you had a charity and you had you were you were like there are people out there that are going through much worse do you like do you think if you didn't have that thought process you probably would have struggled to get through it yeah absolutely i mean sometimes people like ask me what motivates you or what drives you and things like that. And a lot of it comes back to just like not letting my parents down. Um, you know, they've given a lot to help me to get to be where I am and enjoy, you know, playing rugby and go travel the world and do these kind of things. Um, and I mean, they wouldn't care if I really came home, but for me, it's just something that means a lot to me and just not letting them down and giving, giving it everything that I've got um, has served me pretty well in, you know, a fair few of these events. That's cool, man. You've got good integrity, which a lot of people lack in this modern world. But um, do you reckon you, when when life gets tough, like right now, obviously it's, I mean, it could it could be worse, but you're in, you're obviously in a shitty situation right now. Do you draw on some of that pain that you've experienced in the past and use that as a bit of a, you know, I could be back there <laughs> running, running across the desert sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it. Like I've had a fair bit of time to sit back and wonder what I'm doing. I mean. I haven't properly trained since 
what, end of January. And, uh, you know, it's been a long two and a half months. Yeah. Um, and I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, do I even want to go back to training? What do I want to do? Do something else. <laughs> but um, I'm sure once I get that all clear and uh, be able to do, get, or, you know, hook into my rehab and all that kind of stuff, I'll yeah. be itching at it to get back. No. But yeah, for now, I'm just like, oh, enjoy the time off. Yeah, you probably haven't um, stopped really ever <laughs> to this nah. extent. So <laughs> no, it, yeah, it might one. be might be good might be good for the body, mate. Um, except I guess you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be that coach that doesn't practice what they preach, though. So. <laughs> I know that's a bit, and that's a big thing that I've always always uh, felt. So yeah, how is um? Are you still doing much coaching at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got uh, I work obviously at BFit with um you know and coach there three days a week, and then got my um personal clients that I work with out of there as well, um and then just working on building up a couple other businesses like Recovery Lab that I'm working with um mm. to sort of uh they work they work very well together um. Well, yeah, we, we get told it's pretty in a uh, pretty um, important right now for you to be one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish there was one here in Sydney. There will be soon, but um, I mean, we get told and everything's portrayed to uh, look good these days. You know, we train always to look good, and I think it's about time we gave back to our body and made sure that we start feeling good as well. So yeah, that's something really, that we're really working hard on. The tide, the whole, I think in the entire industry, the tides are definitely starting to turn a little bit but I was to be honest that's why I'm in a way fortunate a little bit that I got injured at a young age because it made me a little bit a little bit more aware of that side of things looking after your body I mean you can only you can only train as hard as you can recover but um yeah no that I, I really think that that business recovery lab um is going to just go from strength to strength because it's in a part of the industry which is definitely growing fast and um I, I feel I remember people would have heard me speak about it before um, on uh, my first potty. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you've obviously got a few in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a few coming. There's a couple in Melbourne there, one in Queensland, and uh, hopefully Sydney won't be too far away. Yeah, perfect. I'm excited. Um, now, I know that being a ex-athlete um and obviously a coach you're probably the type of person that is creature of habit what are and i I know it's probably hard right now while you're injured what are some of the i guess processes that you've got going at the moment to sort of keep you sane i guess be that one percent better every day yeah it's definitely hard when you're injured and you know you don't for the first couple of weeks I, i couldn't work so there was literally nothing trying to drive me to get me out of bed or anything. Um, and I was just watching bloody cryptocurrency YouTube videos on end and how to chart cryptocurrencies and everything like this, which is actually, I'm actually really enjoying. So uh, that's been good. But um, I mean, I, I enjoy getting out of bed early in the morning when, you know, like you, when we go to work, it's probably about a 4am wake up. So I kind of tone that down a bit, but I try to get out of bed before seven and, and go outside and get some sun, go for a walk, get some, get a coffee or something like that. You know, um, I've invested in a infrared sauna and an ice bath in my garage. I saw that. Uh, 
So, mate, I spend I spend probably 45 minutes down there most mornings um, and sometimes in the afternoons as well. I sit in there and also watch some YouTube or a potty, um, mostly cryptocurrencies or um, economies and things like that. Something that I've really been drawn to lately, which has been pretty cool and something that I enjoy learning about. Um, and then, yeah, up in, in the ice bath and sauna, back and forth. That's probably a solid routine that I've kept at the moment. Mm. No, I, I reckon that's that's probably good advice. Like, I mean, when, I mean, people get injured or sick, the, the tendency is to just stop everything. But one thing you can do is educate yourself and study yeah. and, you know, train your brain. If you can't train your body, train your brain. So, 100%. Um, and there's so much free education out there. It's almost crazy. Like, Oh. I never, I never, I never went to uni, and I'm, you know, if uni's for you, then that's great. But you can almost teach yourself a whole lot of stuff if you do the research properly, and, and you know, and it's the right person. Um, but there's that many people on YouTube these days that are teaching you pretty valuable life lessons, um, you know, across a wide variety of um, things, which is pretty, pretty cool. Oh, you're not all looks, mate. You got brains as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make some money, you know. Get that Bitcoin, Get that Bitcoin in you. Uh, good stuff, mate. Well, personally, I think that you are going to be back bigger and better than ever once you get uh, your rehab out of the way. Before we... Um, once you get on the jazz program, get some pipes like yours, mate. <laughs> yeah, just, just a couple of weeks we'll get... No. <laughs> Actually, if my, legs, if my legs look like your arms, I'll be stoked because right now... <laughs> Another week, they're about to fade away. Honestly, it's, uh, I've got a sloppy ass as well. Saggy ass, no back. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's muscle memory, mate. You'll be right. Um, My brother came before... around the other day to hang up some artwork and he's like, geez, you let yourself go, haven't you? That was, a, <laughs> that was like the rocket up my ass that I needed. I was like, geez, get yourself back in gear, mate. Yeah, you'll be right. You should go... Not that I endorse it. What's that bloody 20 pulses thing where you strap a suit to your body? <laughs> oh, yeah, and you just let yourself strong. <laughs> Might look into that. Put it on my glute. There we go. Um, all right, before we, before we wrap it up, is there any advice you'd give to younger Benny? Maybe first year out of, first year out of school, he's on the map. Um, Dude, just Siri just took over again. Um, yeah, your fir first year of uh, professional rugby. Is there any advice you'd give to yourself? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any regrets. I I went to, I moved to France without even speaking a word of French. You know, that was an awesome eye opener. I think I don't think I said no to, you know, any opportunity that I thought was going to benefit me. Um, and that was something that I jumped at, which was really cool. And I, I had a lot of friends that never travelled or did anything like that I mean I was lucky to be able to do it with work but um you know lots of people are scared about that kind of thing or being out of their comfort zone is definitely something that um I would encourage and if I was 18 years old I would have put a thousand dollars into bitcoin I would have had a couple hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh like we heads up no it's oh, interesting you say that I had my mate um ZP on um, not long ago, and he, he said a similar thing. He was just like, just um, just do stuff. Like, just go out and do stuff because if you're going to sit around and, and worry, you know, um, I should have done this or should have done that, then you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to get any opportunity. So, 
I like it. Hundred percent. I mean, you're at school and it's drilled into you at year eleven and twelve. What are you going to study at uni? And then, you know, what are you going to do once you pass uni? And what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And like, that's all well and great for some people who actually have some idea. But for me, I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to play rugby, but that was it. And that's mm. not obviously going to end or you know go for it forever. So you do need to start thinking about that. But there's a time and place for that. I think. I mean, when I was. 16 I thought I'd be married and 24 with kids living in France and I was 24 living in kids and I definitely didn't want to be married and I definitely didn't want to have kids so yeah life changes but just go with the flow and keep your keep your integrity I guess and make those smarter decisions but just live and learn oh you're smart man thanks Benny thanks Jez <laughs> love your work fresh, go get some fresh air uh and hopefully I'll see you down in Melbourne soon um good luck with your your rehab mate you'll be back bigger and better than yeah, ever. I, hope, I hope to be down there the last two times i've been chased out with covid so every time i come there's a bloody lockdown or maybe you're the curse then yeah i'll stay away <laughs> <laughs> all right mate see you, bro. See ya. benny seymour good friend um such a weapon um yeah, it's ironic that I'm putting up this podcast now and I've just become injured myself. I've torn my hamstring pretty badly. <laughs> um, it probably serves me right for not playing football for three years and the first game back, look what happens. But I'm not going to sit here and make excuses just like Benny um, is and I'm taking a lot of motivation from him in terms of just controlling the controllables and... Um, taking ownership of your current circumstance. You, you've you got the choice to respond to what adversity you, you've got going on in your life. And um, when you, I guess, come to that realization, you can really try and look at the light and everything. So I'll be looking to spend a lot of time studying and working on the brand and uh, business and training the brain. Yeah, obviously I won't be able to train the body as much until I can start my rehab. So um thanks benny for the chat i'm sure we'll be back better than ever um and i guess the last thing i took away from it was and it's a common theme with some of these episodes is that you just got to go out there and do stuff it doesn't matter if you're in the fitness industry or not but if you sit back and um and ah and um i guess hesitate then not only are you not going to fail and those failings are going to help you to learn but you're not going to have much opportunity and you're not going to learn about yourself you're not going to you might be surprised what you can uncover so i guess the biggest things i'm taking away from this is just go ahead and do stuff um stay positive and yeah control the controllables thanks for listening guys if you've got anything out of this please um screenshot chuck it up on your uh, socials give me a share um try and help someone else out that's in need but um yeah Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening.